The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Dave Craig and hello Jr. Again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. You don't listen, do you? I Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Dave, uh, I believe, is, are you in studio or are you at G-Mix? I'm at G-Mix. Where else would I be? I'm totally at G-Mix. I, I'm totally at G-Mix. I can hear you, my friend. I can't. I can barely hear you. I'm not sure what they're doing, but I can barely hear you. Well, I will ask Jacob to turn it up for you. On the return, and I will ask him to turn it down in the studio so I don't have the echo. How's that sound? Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we'll we'll fight through it. We'll put it that way. All right. Well, um, I can hear you great. That's good. I'm glad I'm coming through loud and clear. That's cool. Feel, feel free to talk <laughs> away. This is what happens when we and, do the the thing where I'm on the road and or you're on the road and one of us is. Uh, situated somewhere in West Des Moines, uh, having a good time, and while the other one is uh, having to do whatever they've got to do. But uh, I'll tell you what, my friend, um, this is, we're in weirdly unprecedented territory right now for Iowa Hawkeye fans. When you take a look at what the men's basketball team is doing, not only with the way they're playing as a unit, but of course Luca Garza, possibly the player of the year in all of college basketball, you take a look at the wrestling team, possibly, likely, and should be the favorite to win the national championship. They don't have a single uh, spot in the Big Ten tournament coming up uh, uh, next week where they don't have somebody seated three or higher. And the women's team, of course, is uh, going to be a three-seed in the Big Ten tournament. And uh, we'll get into the big news for them here in a little bit today. And then the baseball team comes out, and they win two out of three. They played three games against the ACC this weekend in ranked opponents and they won uh they beat north carolina and duke on saturday and sunday coming from behind to win those games it's a lot of fun on top of that the, the uh nfl combine you watch tristan Wirfs breaking all kinds of records and aj Epinesa and ojamudia uh, making names for themselves it's a lot of fun to be an iowa hawkeye fan right now brad it's always great to be an iowa hawkeye fan you mentioned the other day on the twitter that when bumper stickers were in vogue that it was great to be an Iowa Hawkeye. I have three of those on my car topper. <laughs> <laughs> and as well as an A&F sticker and a variety of other things. But uh, it is great to be a Hawk, and it's great to be a Hawkeye fan. And, uh, you know, all those things you just mentioned, our friend Bruce down here at G-Migs, uh, mentioned, sent me a text the other day. He goes, uh, we need T-shirts that say Carver. Where the real magic happens, not just for one team, but rather for all of them. Well, and you, you know, um, uh, actually, I, I, I found a, I have a bumper sticker. I found it in my stuff. You know, I moved, of course, and, right. and was digging through stuff. But I have the great. It's great to be a Hawkeye sticker with Kirk Ferentz signature on it. By the way, but well, you can't put that on. You your know. Car. Um, I, <laughs> It's hard to, you know, you get to a point, and what I what I hope Iowa fans understand, because over the last couple of years I've changed my thinking on this, it, it's, it is good to win championships. It really is. 
But the whole idea is to be able to root for your team and watch them in competition and enjoy being part of national discussions and and enjoy you know enjoy rooting for your team. So let's not get too caught up in okay, well, they go to the NCAA tournament and maybe they're out in the first round, and so then the whole year's a disappointment. Let's 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 not get too caught up in that, right? Now, granted, well, that's not going to happen. Squad, if they happen to, to not win the national championship, that'd be a disappointment based on where they are right now. But I, I, you know, I I've, I I think the, the the one thing the college football playoff has ruined for college football is that games don't matter to a lot of people beyond the top four. If you lose a game, you're done, and people don't care. It's play, players quit in the middle of the year because they they can't win a national championship. It's ridiculous. To sit back and, and not enjoy, to not sit back and enjoy uh, the kind of fun we're having right now, watching uh, the University of Iowa and all of their different sports, including today where Kathleen Doyle uh, was named Big Ten Women's Basketball uh, Player of the Year. And in 43 years, Iowa had had two Women's Basketball Players of the Year. Now in the last two years, they've got two in a row. And uh, that's absolutely remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Well, no question what Lisa Bluter has done with uh, that team this year is incredible, considering you lose in Megan Gustafson and what, and what was going to go on. But the topic at hand, Brett, needs to be the men's basketball team right now. It needs to be what they are doing in a with a limited bench without three guys that I think everyone uh, – who watches Iowa basketball, who follows Iowa basketball, all thought were going to be big contributors this season. Patrick McCaffrey, Jordan Bohannon, and, of course, Jack Nungy. And to see the way that they're playing, how hard they play. And and once again, I'm going to give credit to Bruce. I think Fran has finally figured out and bought into this. You know, we've got eight guys. We can't run helter-skelter with such a limited bench we're better in the half court than virtually everybody that we play we have a big guy that no one has figured out how to guard i mean luca's got what 20 points in the last 12 games averaging like 27 in big 10 play it's insane you know um it it really is there's a question here Okay, so is the question that Fran has figured this out, or is it just that the, the numbers have purely taken him to a point where the rotations make sense for him? I, and I'm going to give him credit. I, I think he, I think he's done a, a really good job this year with this team, obviously. But, yeah, there's, there's one thing, and one thing you can't get around, which is when the game gets tight, the other day against Penn State, you know, Iowa played a, a, a decent first half but couldn't make shots. They still were ahead of by one at halftime. They widened it out. Penn State starts to bring it down. And, you know, they get it. I think they got it to seven or eight after Iowa had it at like 13 or 15. And you immediately dump the ball inside to the guy who is easily the best player in college basketball. Don't give me this guy from Dayton crap that when he plays one decent team the entire year. At least Luke you're not Gardner, biased. He's your go-to guy, and, and it's not like he has to hit a three-pointer. He's just got to muscle up and score, which he did. Not only that, he did it three times in a row. 
And I think Fran has one thing that's very simple on this team, which is that when the going gets tough, you, you dump it inside, and Iowa figures out how to do it. On the other hand, the rotations are such that they're getting contributions from everybody. And let's face it, Cordell Pemsel and Ryan Creener are guys you did not look at coming into the year as being uh, really complimentary players. But how big were they both on, on Saturday uh, when Luca wasn't making shots? And, and finding their roles. And, and uh, you know, so some of this is friends. Some of this is guys stepping up. It's got to be coaching during the, during practice. It's got to be, uh, you know, practice during the off season. There's a lot that's going on here. But I, I hope that Fran learns a little something. And if guys happen to walk away from a team in the future because they don't get a lot of playing time, but he's playing seven or eight guys that are being really effective. I, I hope that's the way that it works because I think that really has helped him a lot. He doesn't have decisions to make. He just can play the guys he has, and they're all contributing because of it. Well, there's no question that he is, and I think there's some truth in that. Um, I also think there's some there's some truth in that well, let's face it. Macy Daly's gone to Akron, and he's averaging 2.5 points a game and maybe 10 minutes a game there. So what we were seeing out of Fran by thinking or implementing or saying, you know what, we need to get him in there, just using that as an example, and I don't mean to harp on Macy Daly, but at the end of the day, maybe Dolph was right. And so if you look at it from this perspective that, that you just said, that the shortening of the bench does help. I heard something the other day that I hope is not true. But I think there is a very, very real chance that Patrick McCaffrey never plays basketball at Iowa because of his health. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a very real happen. chance. And I I think there's all there's also a real chance that Connor McCaffrey could be a top twenty, uh, top twenty round draft choice in Major League Baseball, which would give him a different sort of perspective and what am I going to do next year, sort of idea. Because right now in mock drafts, Joe Wieskamp is like forty, Luca Garza is ninety six in the top hundred for NBA mock drafts. That would indicate to me that both those guys should come back. Um, well, and Joe, Joe would yeah. be one of those that would be a, a project, right? I mean, they're both looking at, yeah, absolutely I mean, they should both come back. And I, I can't imagine either one of them really looking at this realistically and thinking they should go. Joe Wieskamp, all he has to do is look at, at, at Utah. All he has to do is look yeah, at Jared right, Utah and exactly. say, where is he? I, I mean, I, they've, got, they've got futures. There's no question in my mind they've got futures. But right now, uh, college is their future. And I, 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 But I think you make an interesting point about Fran's kids, right? So Connor McCaffrey, so I saw something today about him. He's going to play for Albany in one of the semi-pro leagues this summer. I'm, I'm not sure that that means he's even going to play for Iowa, for Rick Heller. Um, I, oh, in the Cape Cod sure League? about that. What? In the Cape Cod League? Something like that. That's what I saw. I saw it on Hawkeye Report. Looking at, you can ask Tom about that when I'm when I'm off the air here in a little bit. But I, that's okay. what I saw. So does that mean he's not playing for Iowa? And you know, and and, and you and I both know. I I know. I I saw him 
I told you two things about Iowa City West when our boys were seniors, when when Matt and Andrew were seniors, and, and Andrew was playing for Valley, and I saw uh, Isaiah Fillard, Kenny Fillard's kid, who now is uh, hitting dingers for Iowa like crazy. Um, even though he didn't get a scholarship right away, he had to go to DMAC uh, his first year. And then I saw Connor McCaffrey, and I said, those, those two kids are both Major League Baseball players because the, the speed with which their hands move and the way that they hit the ball. And Connor McCaffrey is a different kind of athlete, actually, on the baseball field than he is uh, uh, on the basketball court. People would be a little surprised at this, I think. They shouldn't be based on the way he plays on the basketball court, but I think they would be surprised. But I'm, I, I agree with you. I think there's a, a, an interesting thing there where he's going to have a decision to make. I think he decides basketball still. Why, why wouldn't the you? Iowa basketball right. coach, and I, I just can't see him walking away from that. But then what does Patrick do? Is, is, he, is he able to put on weight? Is he able to actually play? Because both those guys are clearly, you know, one is currently contributing, the other one is going to be expected to contribute. Well, there's no question he's going to be expected to contribute based upon where he was rated in high school and those sorts of things. I I just think we all underestimate the battle that Patrick had as it relates to that cancer and what that did to his body. And yes. I just, okay, it's easy to play 32 minutes in high school or whatever, 40, yeah, I think it's 32, isn't it? Aren't they eight-minute quarters in high school? Anyway, Something like to, that, yeah. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if after every basketball game in high school that you go home and then you have to puke because you're so dehydrated and all you can do is just chug Gatorade to get it down so you can try and equilibrium your, your entire body, I mean, that's a tough gig. Yeah. Even, if you, even if you are good. And it's just... That should not be underestimated how, how difficult that is for a kid. And now you, you put him in the Big Ten. I mean, you, we watched that Michigan State game last week. I watched, obviously, we watched Penn State on Saturday. The physical beating that Luca's taken, God, if Patrick is in there, I mean, he'd be broken in half. Yeah, you look at a guy like uh, Jared Utoff, who was uh, skinny and slight. But they played him as a stretch, uh, stretch four or a three. Really, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't doing a lot of posting up, right? What Luke is doing right now is he's getting the crap beat out of him. And actually, what Tillman from Michigan State did in the last ten minutes last week was literally just hold on to him and grab him and tackle him. And is he, he the guy with the mustache? You know, yeah. Um, well, Tillman have I was thinking not not Penn State, um, but oh, I'm sorry, Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah. Yeah, they got, you know, at, at the end of the game there the other night, all they were doing was just, they, they literally, I, I couldn't believe Dan Dockage was, was raving about the defense of this guy who was literally grabbing uh, grabbing Luca with both arms around the waist and throwing him out of the way so he could go steal the basketball and there was no foul call. That's that's just crap, right? It's, just, it's, it's horrible officiating. It's Tom Izzo getting what he wants. It was terrible. On the other hand. Tom Luka Izzo could get a charge in the men's room. Well, look, but Luca finds ways to battle through this stuff, right? Because he's he's a monster, and I think you're right. I think some of these guys who are a little bit more slight of build that Iowa has had or might have coming up coming up Pike, it's it's a little bit tougher uh, to expect them to find a way to weather those storms, right? Because at the end of the day, that wasn't college basketball for the last ten minutes at Michigan State. It was it was it was a, it was it was, was absolutely it was an absolute abomination the way that that, that game played out. 
because Iowa was not allowed to actually play basketball at the end of the game. But well, they were, that, they were, but they they had we've to play Michigan State. State. They had to play Michigan State's way. If they're going to do right, that, that's right. that's it, it, and it is it's it's what you expect. You just hope sometime to get a fair shake, and you're not going to right when you see uh, Bo Borowski standing next to Tom Izzo, who's red faced and stomping up and down, and Borowski's laughing with him. Whereas if Fram were doing that, he'd be teed up four times. You know, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. All right, we're going to go to the break, Brad. I'm going to let you go uh, talk to Tom. We'll come back. And and we're going to call. We're going to call you when we're done with Tom. All right, we'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle. We'll be back. 1700, the champ. 1700, the champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. The champ, Dave Creighton Jr. I'm, I turned the volume back up so that you could all hear me. I'm down here at G Migs with my buddy B Money from Dice.com. Come on down, burger night, build your own burger. As our uh, local option, I uh, would like to thank our other sponsors. Uh, Jacob, I'm not sure what that is. Anyway, thanks, buddy. Thank you, buddy. And uh, don't, let's not forget our other sponsors, Kozlowski Law, as well as the Foundry Distillery. We'll get to our Foundry Distillery last call, but we are, once again, graced with his presence. Tom Caker at Hawkeye Report joining us right now. Tom, how are you tonight? Doing well. Good to hear from you. Ridge is uh, out of town, so uh, you just got me to d- discuss these things with. So what do you? What's your take that over the last good. two games? Last two games, um, you know, I thought they played better than expected against against Michigan State, and then played really well. I thought on Saturday against uh, Penn State. I thought so too. I, the uh, Saturday, I the game. Luca's what three for sixteen in the first half, and they're up one at halftime. I'm like, okay, we have them where we want them. You know, Tom, there's an interesting statistic. If Iowa holds a team like under forty five percent shooting from two, their win percentage is in the nineties. And they were nine for twenty two at halftime. Penn State was or nine for twenty four, something like that. And by the end of the game, I think they were shooting thirty six percent from two. If a team's going to bomb threes on you, you're, you might lose regardless. But that's an anomaly, especially on the road. So I, w- I really like where they're looking for, uh, particularly going into tomorrow with uh, Purdue. Yeah, I yeah. You go back to that first that, that first meeting, and it was just so one sided, and Purdue just kind of uh, you know bombed them out of the building that night with the three point shots and. Um, just hit him with that 17-0 run, and Iowa kind of was uncharacteristic in, in, in the way that they played most of the year, where they just kind of got knocked off kilter and, and frankly got embarrassed that day. And I, I think that's kind of what you've heard from the players since then is that that just uh, that one hasn't sat well with them. So I suspect we're going to see a pretty good effort from Iowa uh, tomorrow night. I agree completely with you, and, and frankly, you know, watching Indiana and Illinois for a fair bit, I didn't watch the whole game, but uh, watching them for a bit, I think Iowa's got a real chance on Sunday. 
uh, to go into Illinois. And here's the question. Would it be better to be the four, get the double bye, or would it be better to be the six and have Wisconsin sitting there at the three? That's a, a, a good question. Um, I think I was in, you know, if they obviously if they win both games, I think they're kind of locked into being the, getting the double bye. And just from the perspective of Iowa has a short bench, I think it's better – uh, to just um, get that double bye, and then you're, you're getting an extra day of rest, uh, one less game to play on a back-to-back, and um, I, I, I just think Iowa would benefit from the, the double bye maybe more than anybody in the league just because they rely on eight guys to get all the work done. Yeah, actually, I hadn't really thought of it in, in those terms, and so I would I would absolutely agree with you that the double buy with the extra day of rest would be very, very helpful because to think that this team, if they didn't get the double buy, they'd have to win f- four games, right? The, round of eight, okay. round of four. No, they'd have to win three three games if, without the double buy. Three games order. if they get the double buy. Yeah. Th- okay, so three. Otherwise, it's four. In four games with eight guys in four days is a <laughs> that's a tough haul. Unless you've got, you know, LeBron and, <laughs> and, and and some guys who can really, really make a difference. And I was just, they're the epitome of a team this year, Tom. I mean, everybody's contributing. All eight of those guys are doing big, big things. Yeah, they just, it, it, you know, Luca's kind of the, you know, borrowing old Haydenism. He's kind of the bell cow, but uh, yep. he's got a lot of different guys that have stepped up and, Played vital roles and at different points, you know Ryan Creener, who's going to have his senior day. Um, you know he has stepped up. Uh, Bakari Evelyn had you know the biggest three of the game um, on uh, uh, Saturday. Um, you've had Joe Toussaint do some really good things. Um, just different guys, different moments. Cordell's had some good moments here recently. So it's been a, a lot of different heroes on different nights that have contributed to wins. You know, I thought Pat Chambers made an interesting comment Saturday after the game, and he's talking about how good Luca is and all this. And he goes, "But the really the guy, he's the glue guy, and it's Connor McCaffrey." Um, I think it was, is it John Rothstein who does the "Who's Your Glue Guys?" and he mentioned him in a national article. Connor's an unbelievable when you look at that assist to turnover ratio, and then. Particularly in the last two or three games, he's knocking down threes. He's playing within the offense in terms of the way he's shooting. And obviously, he's not making any turnovers. He's really, the he is the glue on this team. Yeah, he's the guy that gets gets the ball where it needs to go. Um, he's hit some big shots, too. He's not been afraid to take those big shots, and he's really improved his jump shot uh, this year uh, where it's, you know, I don't think teams are "quote unquote" scared of him, uh, and he's probably not at the top of their scout reports. But you have to respect it, and um, I just like the way he carries himself. He's had to. You know, the other thing that we don't really talk about too much on Saturday, he was guarding Lamar Stevens part of the time, and that's a no six-seven guy that's stronger and bigger and more physical. Um, and he's had to draw some of those type of assignments too during the year, and. And he has done well. So 
Um, you know, Connor's been a really everybody kind of bagged on him. Uh, you know, is he a D one player? Is he you know how good is he? And they play him. He's certainly proven that he can uh, he can play at this level and and really excel at this level. So, Tom, I have some friends who are kind of uh, in tune with Major League Baseball and the draft and those sorts of things. And, in fact, Ridge mentioned earlier on the show that he thinks Tom might be going to Albany to play in the Cape Cod League. Would that mean he's not going to play Iowa baseball this year? That Connor's not going to play baseball? Yes. Um, he's planning on, as soon as the season's over, he's planning on joining the baseball team again. That's that's what he said. So. Uh, Okay, so it would be assuming it, that's going to happen. It would be after the ba- the college baseball season where you could go out to the Cape Cod League and maybe play. I don't know, maybe fifteen twenty games yeah, or something. Like that. I would suspect he's probably going to do some of that in the summer. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what his basketball future entails. I think at some point he's got to make a decision on what sport he wants to do. Um, you know, the other thing that's impressive about him, he's doing two sports. At the at the highest level in in, in the college um, you know area, and he's also an academic all American. He's got a uh, you know like a three seven GPA and uh, in finance. So it's not like it's an easy you know recreational studies kind of major. It's a that's a tough major to to manage, and and he's been able to do that um, you know balancing two athletic careers and and uh, keep that grade point up is is really really impressive. Oh, no question it is. No question whatsoever. And, you know, the academic All-Americans that Iowa has had, not just in basketball, but football, wrestling, I mean, all the sports, all the way across, um, very, very impressive. And I, I, I think it's it's underlooked from a fan standpoint because, you know, all we really care about, I guess, are wins and losses. But you got to realize these guys are, are students, and they're still doing student things. Chad Listicaw had a great article about Spencer Lee in the Des Moines Sunday Register. I hope you read it, Tom, online or something, about the fact that Spencer Lee's taken French 4 and his dad says it's killing him. And, and yet he still goes out on the mat every week, and he's he's poised to win a Big Ten title, which he's never won. He's poised to win his third straight national title, and particular, his hope, of course, is to get on the Olympic team and win a gold medal. That's insane. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's another one of those kids that just you know excels in the classroom and excels in his sport. And I think some of those guys that do it at a high level, they're just wired differently than the rest of us, and they just have that competitive drive, the competitive drive on the mat or on the basketball court or on the baseball field, and then in the classroom as well, that they just have that drive that they want to get all A's or mostly A's and and uh, want to do well and they, they take the time to study and uh, you know find that time to study because there's a high demand on their time uh, as they try to pursue all their academics as well. Yeah, no question about that, Tom. So I'm not into the recruiting clearly nearly as much as you or, or, or do I follow it nearly as hard as Ridge, but was there not a junior day here this past weekend yeah there was there was a junior day it wasn't a huge junior day um just not i think they're just kind of spreading out a few different events more than anything else um during the 
um, during this time uh, when they can get kids on campus. And then once uh, you'll, you'll see more guys kind of, I think, matriculate in um, once spring break gets going, there'll be some guys coming in. And once spring practice gets going, you'll have more guys in and um, just trying to uh, kind of feel for who's really interested and, and, and who's really uh, kind of wants to uh, show a strong interest. And then you'll see in June they're going to have their big uh, recruiting weekend where they bring in all the top targets. But I, I think they'll probably land a few commitments here in the next month or so. Uh, they've already got seven. They'll probably get up over into double figures, I would guess, by the, the end of uh, spring practice. And then, uh, you know, uh, then you'll see things pick up again, and we'll see where it goes. Isn't that incredible, the way that recruiting has changed? I mean, good Lord, back in the day, I mean, it was, you know, who's signing on February 5th or whatever the day was that mattered. And, and now we know most of these classes almost before the football season starts. I remember, and it's not too long ago, when it was a big deal when they'd get, like, one in April. You know, you have one on the board, and uh, by the time spring practice got done, and that was a big deal, and now you probably got half your class done at least, and by the time you get before um, the season tips off, uh, you probably got, uh, you know, I would say three-quarters to 90% of your class done, and that's just... The early signing period, kids want to make their decisions early. They kind of um, feel like they have to make decisions early. So that's that's how it generally works out. So, Tom, we got about a minute and a half left. So the Hawks have got two games left here in the regular season. we got Purdue on tomorrow night, and we have uh, Illinois on Sunday. What are your thoughts on, on both those games? I know you haven't written, done your write-ups or anything like that, but what are your thoughts? Um. You know, I think they're in a good spot, but this is going to be a desperate Purdue team coming in because Purdue is firmly entrenched on the bubble for the NCAA tournament, and they desperately need another kind of signature win, and this would be a quad one win for them. So uh, Iowa's going to get their best shot, but I, I just don't see how Purdue is going to shoot the way they shot in that previous meeting, and I, I think Iowa's going to um, really come out and play well on Tuesday night on senior day for Bakari and Riley Till and, and uh, Ryan Creener. So I think I was going to get a win. The Sunday game will just be a flat-out war. Um, you know, there's no love lost there. When the guys were arguing at the end of the game after the Joe Wieskamp dunk and right. uh, getting on and Fran pulling his team off there, uh, it's definitely heated up the rivalry a little bit. So we'll see uh, see how it goes. I, I think Iowa's got a shot, but um, it's going to be uh, – I think a real war and a real interesting game. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Iowa was able to uh, really hold Coburn sort of down. He got in foul trouble, and that made a big difference in that game. It'll be uh, much different over there in Champaign. But, Tom, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Uh, Obviously, Ridge, Ridge is on the line. Can't figure even out how to listen. On the 1700, <laughs> the 1700 app but whatever that's okay you know it's good to have a sane conversation every once in a while but we appreciate your uh consistency in being with us here on the hawkeye huddle over these years and hopefully we got three or four more weeks that we can talk about some hawkeye basketball and knock on wood is there a chance we can make this all the way to the final four 
Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a pretty fun couple weeks for Iowa basketball fans. I agree with you very much. Tom Caker at Hawkeye Report. Thanks again, Tom. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. All right. That's Tom Caker again, Hawkeye Report. We've, uh, we're coming up on our break here at 637, and there it is. Look at Creighton Jr. without any help. Keeping the huddle rolling. We'll be back in three and a half minutes as far as you know. Finish up the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Welcome back, everyone. Dave Creighton Jr. here at the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. I'm assuming Dave is late. We bring us back in here as I sit in Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, David... Uh, I was just thinking uh, while you were talking to Tom, we've done this show for 16 years, and it's not always the best thing when one of us is on the road. But let let me run this down for you. We we did the sh- we've done one of the two of us has been in Orlando, Houston, Tampa, Miami, uh, Chicago, Minneapolis, Atlanta, Charlotte, Phoenix, D.C., Davenport, Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, Cancun for you, Williamsport, San Francisco. And Lahui, Hawaii. These are all places where the Hawkeye Huddle has been originated from in the last 16 years. We are an international show. Without well, question. We're, we're, we're an interstate show. No, we're international. As we know, we have uh, listeners who, uh, God bless them, in our armed forces who download the Hawkeye Huddle every week. That's true. We do. Yep. And uh, they'll be getting their uh, huddle note maybe a, a day early and going, what's, what's this? Um, but uh, feel free to go to thehawkeyehuddle.com. You can get us, I believe, on iTunes and a variety of other ways. Hollywood's got it all worked out so that you can uh, listen to us. And it's, as always, it does not cost anything. However, if you'd like to send a donation, just... D- <laughs> we, don't, we don't just have a way to take donations, do we? We just should do that. DM me at Hawkeye Huddle or DM Ridge at Hawkeye Huddle 2 on the Twitter and we'll figure out something. <laughs> Send us a buck; it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, good lord. Hey, before we get back into the men, let's let's do break down the fact that the Iowa women's team ended up third in the Big Ten. Uh, so did you watch it? Did you watch the uh, Rutgers game yesterday? I, I I caught the the end of it. I caught the last quarter. Iowa came from behind, tied it up right at the end on a three pointer, uh, went into overtime and lost. Um, Rutgers is first time Rutgers, I guess, has beaten Iowa as a member of the Big Ten. That, that didn't seem right, but that's what they said the other day. Um, and Iowa played pretty well. They just it was not the scoring. You know, Iowa Iowa's women's team is at least Blue Squad scores a lot of points. They didn't score a lot of points the other day, uh, but they are the three seed in the Big Ten uh, tournament. They get the double bye. They won't play till um, uh, you're going to see Penn State, Minnesota. Then uh, the winner of that plays Ohio State, and then somebody gets the Hawkeyes. Uh, and I guess that would be. Which afternoon would be, would that be? I don't know. March Tuesday sixth, which would be what? <laughs> I don't know. Is that Thursday? Today's the second. It's okay, Thursday, so Friday. Friday. I think Friday's the seventh. So that's Friday. That's right. So you know, if they get past them, they're probably going up against Northwestern, who they beat by twenty uh, in Evanston, and you know, Northwestern tied Maryland for the regular season championship in the Big Ten. So I saw those standings uh, yesterday and almost fell out of my chair. Maryland or Indiana. Uh, for the Big Ten Championship. But nonetheless, a great year for them. And then 
they're going to head on and be a top three or four seed probably in the in the uh, NCAA tournament, especially if they can get past this first uh, this first game that they have this week. So big big time for them. The wrestlers, of course, are a week away from the Big Tens. And like we said, everybody's a three seed or higher for them. And I didn't check out the baseball schedule for the upcoming week. I know they got Grandview sometime at home. They're opening up, and the weather's nice enough. I think they'll probably play that game. It's supposed uh, and, to be 69 sure on Saturday. Weekend. Is it? Okay. Um, so, you know, but after that big uh, weekend series up in, in uh, Minneapolis, it was nice to see them uh, have that big weekend. And then, of course, we got the big Hawkeye game tomorrow night against Purdue. Uh, at home, it'll be senior night uh, for, for Ryan Creener. Just about it, right? Riley uh, Till. Riley Bacardi Till, Evelyn. probably. Yeah, I guess Bakari Evelyn. That's true. That's true. And and uh, so you'll have a couple of guys who are, are graduating. It'll be senior night. Uh, a Purdue team that Iowa got smoked by, sort of inexplicably up in in, uh, in over in in West Lafayette. But I just can't see that happening again. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then a big one against Illinois on Sunday because, uh, as people have pointed out, number one, if Iowa can sweep these two games, they will get the double bye. They don't probably get the double bye if they don't sweep these two games okay but they will um because wisconsin has played well enough that they've played themselves above iowa in the tiebreakers but but there's still a possibility if things went one way there's still a possibility that iowa gets the one seed if maryland loses twice and a number of things happen and only four or five different things happen and iowa sweeps these games that's how close this is you're anywhere from a one to a six, I believe, is is about as low as Iowa can fall now. Yeah, no question. And I think Iowa's locked in at minimum the six, as you just said. And, you know, here's the thing. I, what do we got? Six minutes left. I think I think the Hawks are going to come out. We're going to do this. We're going to... I'm, I'm calling it early, Ridge. This is the Foundry Distillery last call. Five minutes. Okay. I think I, I think okay. I was I'm I think I was going to come out. So there's no sense of urgency here. I was going to come out tomorrow night, senior night. All those guys are going to be honored, and I think I was going to come back and absolutely put the woodshed to Purdue. In essence reversing exactly what they did uh what purdue did to them and then as tom and i were talking and you unfortunately couldn't hear the iowa illinois game might be in the 50s because the battle in the physicalness of this game i think is going to be overwhelming and i don't think that necessarily bodes well for the hawks but I do believe that if they have an opportunity in C.J. Frederick, we didn't mention this in the uh, first se- uh, segment, his presence on the floor, both on offense and particularly on defense, where he can get in passing lanes, shut people down, really, really guard another person in a in a different fashion, in an aggressive fashion. I, he really, really adds a lot to that Iowa lineup, and he's a, only a redshirt so, freshman. Wasn't it really? Wasn't it really apparent to you on Saturday? I mean, I I, I agree with you. I I thought it was a little bit. You know, obviously it helps having him in there to score, but I thought it was really apparent on defense. Uh, you know, Penn State that they Iowa shut Penn State down in the second half, and they really 
um, Penn State was hot in the first half from from the three point line. They made some shots that were contested. I thought C.J. Frederick to me, it, it was apparent that he was in there defensively, and and you and I have talked about this before as far as why we think some of the reasons we think Isaiah Moss left. I think one of them was just looking at C.J. Frederick and going, "Okay, that guy's going to take some of my minutes." Right. right, and that guy's maybe take, take some maybe take a for lot a of, them. of different reasons, and it wasn't just because he could score. Right, you know, and Isaiah Moss doing a nice job down in Kansas. He starts; he's averaging yes, he eight is. point eight points, five rebounds a game. Um, yes, he is. But what would that look like if he was in an Iowa uniform this year? Does that mean it's twenty minutes? Twenty minutes? Does that mean that CJ takes away more of Joe Toussaint's time because Isaiah's in there? We got Weeskamp that we can rest. Doesn't make any difference. He's not there. He's in Lawrence. Isaiah Moss made a decision that is good for him. I will leave it at that. I I have no animosity towards the guy. Right. You know, I mean, go do what you got to do. He's on the number one team in the country. (laughs) Right. Right. And, you know, he took his opportunity. He went to Arkansas first thinking he was going to get a bunch of playing time there and then identified the fact that he could go play for Kansas and and Hey, Dana Albright. Dana Altman spent one day in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and his wife went, we are not doing that again. Went back to Creighton and then off to Oregon. Yeah, that's true. He did. Um, But but I I think you're right about – I think there's one thing that Iowa has when when you get their full complement of players. They can play a little bit different defensively. And they 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 certainly need the numbers that are created by having one extra guy in C.J. Frederick. I think it would have helped a little bit, you know, against Michigan State. Certainly in a number of different ways. And we'll see what will happen this weekend against Illinois. I'm 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 not. I I was very impressed and have been impressed with Illinois all year long. I was very impressed when they played Iowa in Iowa City. But I watched them play against Indiana the other night. I've seen them play a couple of other times where they were very underwhelming at home. I almost I think agree. that's a team that plays better. They play better on the road, I think. And they so should have lost that game to Indiana. Yeah, I thought so, too. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there's anybody in the Big Ten that likes Illinois? I don't think there is. That might be why? That likes Illinois. That that doesn't look at them and just look at them with disdain. Iowa and Illinois clearly have a basketball rivalry. Yeah. Iowa or yeah. Illinois, Northwestern, Illinois and Indiana clearly have a basketball rivalry. I watched Illinois yeah. play Minnesota the other night. They clearly don't look like they like each other. And uh I mean maybe the further east you go, the less disdain well, remember there Brad is for Underwood's, Illinois. uh uh, initial strategy coming into the league, which didn't quite work for him, but it's still part of his game. Their idea was to hand check you and grab you and hold you, and they just figured you can't call a foul on every play. And that's where he was two or three years ago before he got some athletes to come in and really play. I mean, they still play rough. The difference is they can score every once in a while now, too. And so uh, I, I, I think you're right. I don't think a lot of, there's a lot of love lost between any of them. Obviously, there was an argument at the end of that game. Remember, if you remember the, the handshake oh, yeah. deal, and you know, there's some of that. And and um, I'm not saying I was going to go in there and win that, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Um, you know, I, I just wouldn't be shocked, and and I'm not going to be disappointed if they lose. 
and I, I'm assuming we're about down to two minutes here. So my last call is obviously I, I I agree. I think they'll they'll pound Purdue tomorrow night. I don't I'm not sure if it'll be a twenty or thirty pointer, but I think they'll oh, pound no, pretty no, no. good. Double you know, digits. but but I, I would not be um, absolutely surprised and shocked. I'd be fired up, but I wouldn't be absolutely surprised and shocked if Iowa pulled out a 65-63 victory in, in Champaign on Sunday, something like that, uh, which, by the way, then would put them at the, at the very least in, in the in the double-buy situation. Um, and at the, at the best, depending on what happens, you know, could tie for, could tie for first place and get the number one seat. Either way. Any double buy, it's all almost all the same, uh, you know, at this point in time in terms of the teams you're going to play if you get that double buy. But who um, it, it Ridge, could happen. Ridge, who does who has to lose in order for Iowa to end up number one? Maryland going to lose uh, twice. I, I think Maryland has to lose twice. They, I think they're at Penn State, and I can't remember who they've got. They've got a couple of games they could lose. Um, oh, they're at Rutgers, I think. So yeah, no, that's iffy. yes, no. At Rutgers is no big. That's uh, no. No, mean and feat. Rutgers needs to win, right? Rutgers is is kind of played themselves back the bubble, right? Eight, they've lost eight to nine. Purdue's on the middle of the bubble. Minnesota's right. out. They, I think right. Minnesota's only way in is to win the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, it is, and unfortunately, they had so Iowa really needed Wisconsin to lose to Minnesota last night, and and Wisconsin came back and won that game. Minnesota's kind of, you know, um, shot the bed here a little bit the last couple of uh, so to weeks, speak. and it, it really didn't help them. But it, so, you know, I, I, th- I believe Michigan State needs to go one and one. Maryland needs to go zero oh and two. I think uh, I think you need Wisconsin to go one and one. There's there's a handful of one and ones in there, and what you really need is you need Maryland to lose a couple of games. More, and, most and importantly, Iowa though, ends up tied with all these teams, and in, in, in a five or six way tie, somehow they come out on top. Um, well, who the, was talking last one, week? No, if you're just looking for the double buy, uh, uh, you could Iowa get with, it if Michigan State won one and Wisconsin lost twice. But Wisconsin would have to lose at home to Northwestern. I don't see that happening. They do Iowa to has Indiana, to win their last two games there. So it'll be it's it's you know how fun is it that we're talking about this right now though? Exactly. Did you it? I didn't. Nope. Nope. All right. All right. Hey. Um, so. Let everybody know, next week we're doing Monday again. David and I will be at G-Mix next Monday and the following Monday as well. We're doing Mondays. Today. All right. Thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, 1700. Well, couple of weeks. So join us then on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700. The chance.